IU football hit a new low on Saturday in New Jersey against Rutgers, and now probably some serious questions being asked about Tom Allen's future. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Monday, October 24th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. IU may not be playing this upcoming weekend, that's more reason to tune in across their wide selection of shows, whether it's the ACC, the rest of the Big Ten, Pac-12, SEC. can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love, for a price you'll love. Try it today. IU is not in a good place when it comes to college football right now. Saturday was a new low. Um, I'm glad that I do not necessarily record these episodes immediately after games because I was about as down and frustrated um, as I've been with IU football in some time. I mean, if you want to see immediate reaction, you can go on our YouTube channel or our Twitter. You can see our Locked On Now instant reaction to get a sense of... How I felt, I'm sure how you guys felt after this one. IU loses 24-17 in Piscataway against Rutgers. It's hard to even put into context how bad of a loss this is. Embarrassing is a word I keep using, but even that doesn't feel enough. Rutgers had not lost at home to a Big Ten team since November of 2017. Just shy of exactly five years. It was 1,813 days between Big Ten home wins. The Hoosiers stepped up to the plate to help them out on that one. I know, as we discussed on Friday's episode, that IU was the favorite. Or, excuse me, IU was not the favorite. Rutgers was the favorite in this one. It's just the way IU keeps losing these games. That is just frustrating and, like... For example, we talked about how this Rutgers offense is one of the worst in the nation, let alone the Big Ten. I think they ranked 107th on SP+. They put together two separate drives of at least 10 plays to score on Saturday. It's I, I don't even really know how that happens. They had an 11-play, 86-yard, 6-minute and 14-second drive uh, in the first half. Second half, a 12-play, 56-yard, 6-minute and 56-second uh, yard or drive that gave them the lead, 17-14, to 14, a lead that they wouldn't relinquish. Um, the defense wasn't great, but they weren't awful. They ultimately only gave up 17 points. One of the touchdowns was a pick six. And if you're holding a Big Ten team to 17 points... I think you're anticipating that uh, that should be enough to get the job done. But again, the offense is just a complete mess. All of IU's scoring came in the first um, 
about six minutes, seven minutes of the game. Uh, they kick off. Jalen Lucas returns it for a touchdown. Uh, and then the the first drive, the scripted drive of the game, IU goes 11 plays for 91 yards and a touchdown and looked fantastic. I thought, awesome, we're going to run away with this one. This is going to be easy. It was anything but. And that's what continues to be so frustrating about this team is that they look solid to start games. And by the end of it, you're questioning, like, is this, you just have so many questions. Is this team even good? Like what happened? How did we get to this point? It's an in-game adjustment problem for certain, but it's also just a failure to like address weaknesses issue. Like this isn't a new problem. Every week we get to this point in big 10 play. The Michigan game was played out the exact same way as this one did. IU started the game off strong. By the fourth quarter, it was as bleak as anything. The Nebraska game was the exact same way. The second quarter was awesome. IU scored all of its points in that quarter. By the fourth quarter, they couldn't stop anybody and couldn't move the ball against a really bad Nebraska team. It's the same here. First quarter, first two times Indiana has the ball, they score touchdowns. And by the fourth quarter... The only time that they did anything is when Rutgers went into a prevent defense up 10 points. The way these losses keep coming just suck the like momentum or the good feeling out of every one of these. Honestly, it leads to the question of I'm not is this team even better than last season's team? They have more wins, but like we're to a point where I'm not even sure that they're a better team than last season. They probably are. They have more talent that is producing than last season. They haven't given up, and this team, last year's team, had basically given up at this point in the season. But that's about the only thing that's separating them last or right now. Are th- I'm not even sure this team is better than the one that played Illinois in week one. Like, if you look back to that game, Illinois is probably going to go to the Big Ten title game. Illinois is a top 25 team that is going to probably be higher than that um, than just the top 25. They're a top like 15 team, uh, in the big 10. IU has a win over them. Like the only thing keeping them out of the, maybe a playoff discussion, uh, or at least a top 10 ranking is a loss to IU in a, a game that IU was right there from the start and then close out the game with a brilliant drive. Where, what happened to that team? Like that is a different script. IU, hung with them, made enough plays late defensively, creating turnovers and keeping the offense in the game. And then the offense did something at the end. That formula just hasn't happened in Big Ten play since then. I don't know what's happened to that team. It it feels like there's so much regression right now that it is time to start asking about Tom Allen's future. There are fair questions to be asked about what what his future looks like. Honestly, let's talk about that in the second segment. I'll hold that for the second segment and we can discuss just what is going to happen with with Tom Allen and this program moving forward. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field, this week's thrilling moment, uh, I mean, it has to be Jalen Lucas's touchdown to open up the game. 
man, get him the ball. We're going to talk about him at the the end of this episode. Get him the ball. Like, it, it is imperative. He is as exciting as anyone that IU has on the roster. That play alone showed it. So, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen every single day. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you guys listen to podcasts at. Let's talk Tom Allen. Look, I've been pretty ardent in defense of him, and ultimately I still don't think he's going to be fired this offseason, but now I think it's mainly because um, his buyout's too much. Like, that's how drastically... I think this is shifting. He has about a 20 to $25 million buyout. He earned that. I, I want to be clear on that. Like what he did in 2019, 2020, he earned every bit of that. So I don't think he's going anywhere, but that's the only reason why I'm certain of that right now. Outside of that, I this has gotten to a place where it's just really bad. And I mean, if you want to look at it as... 2021 was strike one. This season is quickly becoming strike two. Then you're walking a tightrope going into next year when the buyout also decreases. So it might be a little bit more realistic. Unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to look at it, IU just isn't really committed to putting a lot of money into the football program. Um, And that means that buying out Tom Allen's contract may not be something that they want to do, uh, especially even if it goes down after or from the $25 million. I'm not sure what it goes down to, but just buying out a contract in general may not be all that appealing. On In one sense, this is IU. This is what IU football has always been. They're always the losingest program. Um, I mean, they're the first team to 700 losses all time. Our first program to 700 losses all time. So in some sense, you can argue this is what IU is. If you're content with that, then give Tom Allen time or or let him continue to do what he's doing. Um, If you're not content with that, if you want something better, then at this point, I don't know if Tom Allen's a guy. I don't want to reduce it. I continue to see the comments that he's nothing more than a cheerleader stop. It's not true. Like he's been a good coach. He's been a great defensive coach, defensive coordinator. If he were to leave now, he could be a top defensive coordinator somewhere. Like he is still a very good coach. It is more than simply being a cheerleader, but there's a lot, there's a lot of good coordinators who do not make good coaches. And unfortunately, it's starting to trend in that direction for Tom Allen, which is such a bizarre thing to consider. I know I saw it bouncing around. I'll try to pull up the the stat um, myself, but um, I saw uh, 
a picture tweeted basically of after the the Wisconsin game that I have talked endearingly about the after the Wisconsin game in 2020 um I that that was as happy I think as IU as I've been at IU uh for football that was a moment that felt awesome since that game somebody tweeted the picture Martha the mop lady which I'm sure a lot of you guys follow on Twitter Somebody tweeted the picture post game where he's talking on the mic. Since that game, IU has won five games, two against Western Kentucky, two against Idaho, one against Illinois. They are five and 23 since that game. No matter how optimistic you are about Tom Allen, that's not good enough. That's no matter if it's IU no matter who it is, what program it is, that is not good enough. Five and twenty-three, with almost half those wins coming against FCS team, an FCS team is not good enough, and it's not going like we've discussed. There isn't a win on the schedule remaining, so there's a good chance IU finishes with three wins this season. This is quickly spiraling in the wrong direction which is wild to think about from where we were in 2020. But if IU wants to be serious about its football program, then Tom Allen is on an increasingly shorter leash. Um, again, they're not firing him this off season. They don't, there are not the football donors. Like there are basketball donors. They're not paying for that buyout and they're not waiting until whenever it goes down to fire him because you're going to struggle to get a coach. He's going to get next season, but he may not get the full season if he doesn't, if the team doesn't play well. And there's not a lot of room for optimism right now. So it's a, it's not a great spot. IU football is in. And again, if you'd have told me this, when we started this podcast, IU was a top, 25 team heading into the 2021 season and Tom Allen was impeachable when it came to IU football. He was rock solid, not going anywhere, but there's a good chance IU has five wins over two seasons since being ranked in the preseason. And yeah, anybody's going to get, uh, end up on the hot seat if you produce that or don't produce, I guess. So, I I don't know that there's going to need to be a lot more said about Tom Allen. Um, even if he loses every remaining game like he's expected to do, I just do not see any way that he is fired. That buyout's too much. But, I mean, this is quickly going the other way. It might be a saving grace for him that basketball is starting and people are going to be focusing a lot less on the football team that might be the best thing to happen to him in the next two weeks, because when everybody's looking at this football team, they are seeing a program rapidly on the decline right now. Let's talk a specific, uh, some specific players. Connor Bazelak came up again. Um, should he be bent? Should he not? Jalen Lucas, Donovan McCauley as well. There's a number of guys I want to talk about before we do that though. Look, sweat is an embarrassing thing to talk about. Uh, someone you know probably deals with being sweaty. I have, uh, I'm a very sweaty person. Like there, I'm. I, there's nothing to really hide there. I'm sure you guys can see 
I am uh, sweating a bit right now. The one product I have found that can help me most is Sweatblock. And I it's right here. I got my package uh, this weekend. Uh, this is proof. I, I'm not lying when I say I have these. Um, this is uh, 10 antiperspirant wipes. It's very simple. You open it up, apply the wipe wherever uh, you have sweating problems. If it's under your arms, like, like basically everybody, just apply it under your arms, let it air out, go to bed. Next morning, wake up, wash the area, you're all set. So you can avoid those embarrassing first dates where you don't want to raise your arm because you're scared of your date seeing all that underarm sweat, whatever it may be. You guys can avoid all of that by getting sweat block. Sweat block wipes are a must have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code locked on. At sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. Let's talk Connor Bazak. I don't want to make this a long conversation because, again, I continue to see people calling for his benching. He wasn't great on Saturday, uh, to say the least. 21, 23 or 41, 210 yards, an interception. He is wholly ineffective when um, he is pressured. That is abundantly clear. Uh, his interception, he was trying to get rid of the ball, didn't do a good enough job doing that. That's part of the reason for why I don't think benching him is the answer. Is because just because Bazak's not back there does not mean suddenly this offensive line is going to learn how to block. And I think you can look to Michael Penix at Washington as they continue winning for an example of what a good offensive line can do. Because there is not a lot different about Michael Penix uh, between... Last year and this year, he's healthier, but uh, there isn't really anything different between the two other than he has a good offensive line now and he can actually stand in the pocket and throw. So when you make the calls to bench Connor Bazelak, you better have a pretty good backup option that is going to change things. Now, what's uh, that option to me doesn't exist. Jack Tuttle entered the transfer portal. He's still with the team until... Um, the end of the season, but he's going to be in the transfer portal. To me, the only way you put Jack Tuttle in a football game is if there's an injury. And even then, I don't know that I would do it because it benefits you in no way to play Jack Tuttle. He is not part of this future. I respect him. He did great things as a leader on this team. He was a part of that Wisconsin game. There's no reason he should take another step for IU. So if it's not Jack Tuttle, who is it going to be? Dexter Williams? I know there's a been some excitement about him in the past. He's the backup quarterback now. He's number two on the depth chart. Um, are you going to play him? Like he offers a little bit of a different dynamic, but now you're throwing in an inexperienced quarterback behind an offensive line that absolutely cannot block for him and asking him to make plays. And that just doesn't feel like a recipe for success. We saw that exact thing play out with Donovan McCauley last season. You had a very inexperienced quarterback who admittedly was in over his head, thrown behind an offensive line that could do nothing to help him, and he got overwhelmed, I thought, a lot of times, and eventually IU decided it was better just to play a walk-on rather than get someone hurt. I don't know that the circumstances are all that different this season. Um, I just don't really see what benefit it has to bench Bazelak. Like, 
it's not going to change how the offensive line plays. Like maybe it offers a, some type of spark, but like, I don't, Bazelag makes some bad throws occasionally. He makes a lot of good throws too. So like, it just, it, it doesn't ever really compute to me why people think benching him is going to fix really anything this team does. I do think there could be some value in playing Donovan McCauley as like a wildcat quarterback a little bit, but I mean, again, admittedly, those plays haven't looked great when they've run them this year, so I don't even know how valuable that would be. Maybe that could be the spark. Um, I mean, there was the the reverse Donovan McCauley pass. Maybe you mix it in more. What I do think IU needs to do more is get the ball in the hands of its like most talented players. Jalen Lucas tops that list by a mile. It really doesn't make sense to me why Jalen Lucas isn't getting more touches. Like, you can't make the argument that, like, he isn't good enough to run block. This team isn't good enough to worry about those things. Get him on the field. Let him learn those game reps and make those mistakes now for a team that is really bad. And maybe he can be a part of a special team uh, moving forward. But right now, what we're left with is these brief glimpses of him doing really awesome, incredible things, whether it's returning a kick for a touchdown or ripping off like a 30-yard run, and then we just don't really see him again. And I think he needs to be a much bigger part of this um, IU offense. There, To me, there isn't much reason not to. Uh, Connor Bazak said after the game on Jalen Lucas, quote, he needs to be on the field more. Yeah, 100%. He absolutely needs to be on the field more. It is um it's really growing more and more indefensible that he does not have or see more time on the field. Um he he's in a, he's a dynamic weapon. Get him into open space and let him work. And the same in some senses I think should be said about Donovan McCauley. I understand that he might be a little overwhelmed as a receiver. The more he doesn't do anything as a receiver, the more inexplicable it becomes that they allowed him to move to wide receiver. Um, I know this was kind of a long-term play to move him out there. He didn't have a catch on Saturday. And it just boggles my mind that he that Donovan McCauley was the highest-rated quarterback recruit the program's ever had played a good chunk of games last season. And now we're in year two and he's just doing nothing. He's just not contributing at all. I can't really explain it. I know IU has a lot of wide receivers and I think a lot of them are pretty solid. Javon Swinton had a a pretty good game on Saturday, kind of out of nowhere that shows you how good the uh, receiving room is, but nobody's ceiling is as high as Donovan McCauley's, I don't think. I don't know why he can't be the guy catching some of these screen passes, or there's just a number of ways you can utilize him that it just really doesn't make sense to me why IU isn't doing that, whether it even as a wildcat option, even as a end around option, like get the ball in his hands, him and Jalen Lucas need to be touching the ball 
20 times per game, minimum to me. Jalen Lucas touched the ball nine times. Do that with each of these guys, whether it is lining Donovan McCauley up as a Wildcat quarterback, doing the screen passes. I don't care what it is. Those two need to be touching the ball 20 to 25 times a game the rest of the season because they're part of the future of this program and they they need the reps on the field. This is feeling more and more like a lost season. At least get something out of it. Get Donovan McCauley and Jalen Lucas more reps in the positions they're going to play and let them learn something so at least we have something to build on moving forward. This was a bit of a doom and gloom episode of Locked on Hoosiers, but I appreciate you guys listening to us and making us your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow to continue some basketball previews. Look, that's the last time we're talking football for a really long time. It's a bye week. We're It's fully basketball mode. We are switching to basketball, and we are zooming through on this. So uh, we're going to talk men's and women's basketball the rest of this week get some more previews done for your next listen check out the locked on sports today podcast the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get podcasts follow us on twitter if you have not already subscribe to the podcast leave a rating and review you guys have been awesome about leaving reviews i've seen them i cannot thank you enough Please, 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 if you have not already, go on over there and leave a review. Again, I cannot from the bottom of my heart thank you guys enough for that. So, most importantly, guys, have a great Monday. And as always, LEO.